Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, here we go once again. First episode of 2021. Happy New Year. Uh-huh. You're clearly a dad. Drew's, Drew's dad. Drew's dad used to crack that joke. He used to watch college football on New Year's Day. He used to crack that joke every year. Every time. You know, quick story. The first time I met Drew's dad, he told me this joke. He said, Adam, did you know that um because we're outside playing baseball in the Bible in the beginning, the big inning. Yeah, way to go, Doug. Um what if you would be a good guest on the podcast? Because you, could you imagine that guy be out in right field with a hockey stick chasing squirrels on this podcast? Doug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Happy New Year! I think uh, why don't we just get right into New Year's Eve dinner and a rematch? The much anticipated shaving of the head that happened at the end. What a what an interesting night! <laughs> I mean, awesome. Um, I just talk about like the absolute joy that I got from watching my dad and his buddies interact on, uh, on, uh, on the live feed. Like it was literally like watching my dad or my uncle and little three, bit. and three of his buddies try to figure out how to play online chess. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. In addition to that, for me, uh, uh, it was really interesting to watch their dynamic. Um, you know, it kind of gave me a, a, a real insight into when the four of them are in a room and they're talking and they're doing whatever, what does that kind of look like? And, uh, it was, it was interesting how they all kind of had a role to play in the chess match. And, and, you know, Mike kind of like took the lead and, and, and Paige was very much with him on that. And then you had Trey who was just with his green, green M&Ms, just having a laugh about the whole thing clearly wasn't really into the chess, but looking to stir it up and kind of have some fun. And then Fishman contributing here and there, kind of, you know, obviously understands chess, but not kind of goofing on the side with Trey. I, I, I thought it just gave me an image of what band practice might be like in the middle of a break of a song and just the shenanigans that would go on. You know, it kind of reminds me of our friends too, just how we all joke around and depending on what's going on. It, 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 yeah. It was a really cool dynamic to see. I was uh, I was I was actually surprised by uh, by Paige's seriousness. Like he seemed like he was very serious. Like he wanted yeah. to win the match, and not just win the match, but like stick it to us. Yes, yes, and that's um, you know I, I I think I think competitiveness has a lot to do with drive. Yeah, you know, so it, I I really like that. I really like that. It wasn't just like, hey, we're going to have fun and entertain the fans. Like, no, fucking win. Like, I, I really, really like that. This is one of the biggest bands of all time. You don't get that by not having a competitive spirit. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of like, if, if you, you know, you've watched, or there was an interview with uh, when Trey met uh, Mountain Girl. So Mountain Girl was Jerry Garcia's most, I don't know the proper terminology. I think he was with her the most. Okay. You know, and, and he just, he was really thrilled and humbled to meet her and he had a whole bunch of questions and she's like, yeah, I'm not really sure where this image of like this happy go lucky hippie came from. Cause when he was at home, he would play hours a day on scales nonstop to figure this out. Right. Like, you know, and it would drive him crazy that people would think like he was endeared somehow, like these songs just kind of 
came to him. Right, right. And it's it's very much like the iceberg theory. There's so much more going on that we don't see. And we've said it before, but people that are great at something, they make it look easy, but they can only really do that through dedication, practice, hard work, commitment to the craft, and clearly a love and a passion and a joy to get to that level. Uh, did you have a chance to watch, I know a bit of a side topic, did you have a chance to watch the interview that I sent you, the link from the other day? Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. But uh, I would say uh, from about 45 minutes in until an hour and 15 minutes in, that half hour is probably the best where they talk, where Trey talks more about process, about just, you know, thoughts about old songs that he wrote and how it's changed over the years. Really, really cool to listen to before five years old now. I'll check it out. Um, Yeah, but uh, um, so obviously it's a show that we know really, really well, and we've heard many times. Um, I'll kind of paint a picture for how my night went. Uh, we were in this room. Uh, Megan was sitting there with a book, and I was in the back row uh, watching and commenting. And, and she sat here until about 1030. So she watched a good couple hours of it and popped her head up every now and then. And just, you know, I could see her kind of tapping along, nothing really big. Um, she didn't quite appreciate the set break stuff the way I did. <laughs> so she was like, she didn't really, she doesn't know them or get them. You know, and I was trying to kind of help her along with uh, this is this guy. This is what he's all about. But uh, it was still fun. I mean, I um, music was great. Um, I, I, yeah, the week of Pog in the third set. The yeah, so good. Um, but yeah, nothing really. Just a really entertaining night. It was just it was it was nice. So I, I um, Megan went up to bed about eleven o'clock, ten after eleven. And uh, yeah, I stayed up. I kind of faded a bit and came back into it, but I hung on. I was sort of fading. Then towards the end, I kind of opened up my eyes again. And Fishman was like half shaving his head. I'm like, holy crap. It was just, I faded out for like five minutes and came back to that image. Um, yeah, and it's funny how much of a meme that's already become. The amount of times I've seen that face with it half shaved and half not. So funny. If you remember how it happened, you just see somebody kind of like appear. And you're like, what, what's on, right? And then you're like, oh, right, he's shaving his head. And you're like, oh my God, he's shaving his head. And he totally did it to get a reaction from the other three. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the best. He's probably one of the funniest to look back at over the years in terms of appearance and style, like how he's sort of gone through like the hair with the goggles and everything else that's with it. He almost seems like a different guy 20, 25 years ago. You know, he looks like a bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So what about you? You guys stayed in? Yeah, so we stayed in, uh, drank, you know. So let's be clear, drinking way too much is not drinking way too much when you're 19. Drink way too much for a father of two with things to do the next day, but not like ridiculous. Yeah. But it was an awesome night of music for us, man. We had uh, a lot of DJs were doing it live. So we watched David Guetta live at the Louvre. So like oh. at the Louvre, he was the only human being playing right. The pyramid was behind them. They had like lights throughout the whole thing. Super awesome. Switched cool. it to uh, a, a record label started by a DJ named Claude Von Stroke called The Dirty Bird. Okay. And it was just like all these like random people that like were playing like in their house. And he was like just panning to these people. Hmm. And Fish started their show and we watched that. And during the set breaks, I would watch the chess and we'd go back to listen. To the, it was just a night of like awesome music, man. Hmm. Just yeah. And I guess... 
and I guess with the time change, European six hours in front of us, you could watch that earlier than fish, right? They wouldn't uh, conflict, which is nice. I, lost, um, I absolutely lost my mind at the chess game. Shame on us. It was an embarrassingly poorly played chess match. You know, dubious moves right at the beginning. I didn't like it. And yeah. it was solid, man. Well, so when I gathered, they crashed chess.com, right? And it's funny because we were saying... Which led to a bunch of other awesome memes. Yes. So we were talking about it last week. And uh, before we started recording last week, I said, you know, I wonder, I wonder what kind of a bump or a lift chess talk, chess.com was going to see from this. And you said, well, you know, it's already really, really big. I mean, there's, you know, the thousands of subscribers and users. And then um, as soon as the first set breaks uh, started, the first thing he said was, yeah, we crashed the site. <laughs> it's like, what? Of course. Um, one of my one of my favorite lines of the night, though, was in that early part of the first set break when uh, that comment was made, I think, by Trey. And then Paige goes, yeah, well, you know, 6,000 people on there. And Trey goes, it's 26,000. <laughs> and you can see the genuine surprise in Paige's reaction. Like, really? <laughs> they, you know, played for tens of, tens of thousands of people many, many times. And to be surprised that that many people were on was... Uh, just sort of a nice little reminder of how grounded they can be, you know, and they're all in their little farm in their farmhouses. I was going to say little farmhouses. I doubt they're little, but they're all in their farmhouses. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought that was awesome. And like you said, the music was great. The energy was awesome. Those, geez, those 1.0 shows, man. It's like, dude, one of the, one of the, speaking of that, one of the things I, that I've always really appreciated about them is they seem to be, one of the only I remember one time I, I I gave a talk at a at a at a conference and there was a lot of people you know that were there and then you know after the after my talk someone came up to me and said listen that was great but when you're done speaking you accept gratitude from the audience mm. and it stuck with me and it's just nice to see the I think they're like I mean I haven't seen everybody play but they're one of the only live shows where people that i've seen play live that after the set is they stand there and they accept the appreciation from the audience yeah they generally tend to stand still and take a bow from what i can picture Not yeah just, i mean it, it looks as though they're actually making eye-to-eye -eye contact with people in the audience for sure for sure um i'd say that dave does a similar thing they all kind of do it their own way they, they, they kind of walk off they come out they, they they wave the drummer will toss the sticks out to the crowd and that's always the thing at the end of every show um but but yeah i mean i've seen a lot of bands they just sort of finish thanks walk away i've seen when i saw when i saw my morning jacket play in 2010 um they literally ran off the stage like they have this song that kind of winds down and the tempo gets slower and slower and then the last note and they literally ran like they the note the last note hit boom split gone and that was the show we were like okay <laughs> yeah. uh you know what i think there was the encore it was 10 years ago and i don't remember it that well but they were so, I, I, ru I totally ruined your story you wanted like dramatic effect and then i like asked you like a logic no not at all and you're no, like, not at all. It wasn't a lot of dramatic effect with my morning jacket after the weekend of Bonnaroo in Toronto in a little club. It was just, it was a great, it was a great show. They just had a new album that had come out. Some of their gear was waterlogged from the Bonnaroo weekend because it had rained. So they had some weird technical stuff going on, but uh, great band. I don't know how well you know their stuff, but they're really, really good. They are really good. From what I've heard, I don't know it well, but it's definitely a band that uh, when it comes on, I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what stood out? So this is probably like, 
honest to God, like in the hundreds of times listening to the show at this point, mm. what, uh, what stood out to you this time listening to it? Like, what were you like? God damn it. You know, that's awesome. Right. I love punch you in the eye. That's love that song. And that's a great opener. And that's my favorite version. Cause that's the one that I grew up listening to. Right. And as soon as it started, because I haven't listened to that show in a long time, and when it started, it, it almost rewound me and took me back to listening to it with headphones on. And, um, you know, not to be that guy, but I've got a great sound system in here. And as soon as that started, and it was like, you know, like like the double bass is going, like it's just almost this like bassy, echoey kind of a feeling. It was just like right away put me in the zone of like, holy shit. Like, I, even though you know, this is 25 years old, like to the day, it sounds like it's today. It, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, I think the quality of the sound really, really got me. Um, I, I find it interesting to watch physically how different Trey played back then versus now. Um, a lot more of just like the looking around, different kind of neck movements and year to year and show to show back in the 90s. Yeah. 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 Like next year was Clifford Ball. He, mm. you know, and if you just compare like that show to like his body movements at the Clifford Ball, he looks like a completely different human being. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something else from your, from your, from your question that I really noticed or, or something that stuck out to me. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of much else other than, you know, I, I thought, I thought it sounded great you get used to the video, even though it's just one camera zooming, zooming in and out. It's good. Yeah. It's good enough. Good enough for, for me. It's not exactly a 3.0 quality, but um, yeah, it was just good. And I, I just I think one of the things I constantly come back to when I hear a mid nineties show or even an early nineties show, it's how good they even sounded back then. And when you look at the length of time they've been playing as a band compared to say now, it, obviously not nearly as, as long, but just how accomplished they were at such a young age. I'm, I'm always blown away by that. Um, you know that those that the quality of those songs and those sets and how high energy they are to be able to play for the length of the time that they did just 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 ah i don't know um those are just sort of my general thoughts i hadn't really thought about that how about you what's the uh, i think that's all great um uh the speed of reba like the mm -hmm. parts stood out i was like holy shit that's fast yeah um you know, it was so fast that like Trey like just flubbed a bunch of notes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Scent of a or not Scent of a Mule, sorry, um, Runaway Jim. I always confuse the names, but Runaway Jim was just awesome this time. Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. uh, and drowns drown into lizards was spectacular. Yeah, yeah, especially when um, when you consider they played drown right after losing the second chess match of the '95 tour. That's how they felt like they felt defeated. So what better song to go into than? Uh, drown um yeah i i uh i also think about i i know it's weird. i think about like i was 15 at that time what would what would 15 year old adam have thought of being there in that show would i've appreciated it the way that i do now probably not because i didn't really you know if you're 15 well, my, um, time, my time was like two years later right two or three my time was 98 yeah. i think so yeah yeah but the really really good show and it, it makes me wonder what the next dinner in the movie is going to be i mean it's it's a whole new year. It's 2021. Obviously, nothing is scheduled. Uh, I hope they're going to continue a once a month until we learn more. Who knows? I haven't announced it. I mean, you don't top it, right? You just go, you just get back to playing good stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was great. And the fact that you called it, it's too bad they didn't uh, bust out into actually live playing. Right, even over Zoom, I, I was wondering if they might just try something, but probably too 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 risky, I would think. Right, like if you know if I could play, and obviously you can play, could we sync up in time and play a song over Zoom, or is the delay yep. just too big of an issue? You know, so no, I was uh, was kind of holding out hope for something like that, uh, uh, really because of your prediction. Um, it's, but, uh, uh, it wasn't meant to be. Apparently, and I haven't tried it, but apparently from what I've heard, it's just off enough to like drive musicians crazy right like half a second three quarters of a second of a delay sure yeah 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 it would be um but yeah man i i yeah that third set i loved loved um week of pog trey everybody's machine gun. yeah i love that song every time it, uh yet yet strangely so far it's not in my uh top 25 of fishiest fish songs um Although maybe it should be, I don't know. Well, it's a good one. I think part of the charm with Vigapog is it's awesome, but it also, you know, it also bookends mics, um, you know, and hydrogen. So I think I think part of the I, it's hard to gauge how much of it comes from the familiarity and the joy, you know, that comes along with that whole kind of like yes you know what's coming you're waiting for it. the anticipation that goes along with look it at the, look at the baker's dozen the holy night right they start the set second second set is mike's song and you're like okay well what's the coming and then it was the last song of the set and you're like yeah that's awesome yeah and that's only really been more of a 3.0 thing where they'll take some more space in between mics and weaker pog um and in my in my early early listening uh, days, I kind of called it out. Like I noticed just that they were always played within the you know the yeah. same set or back to back, and it's just always kind of been the way that it's done. But uh, yeah, it's one that always kind of gets me up and going. And um, you know, things are kind of it was just after New Year's, of course, uh, for the '95 show. But yeah, really, really good. That that baseline is just it's awesome. Oh, is Weekapog a place? I think Weekapog is an actual place, right? You should probably know that. Yeah. Okay, I'll make a note, follow up for next week. Right, what that. in the world is week of pod? We'll probably find it out right now through a quick Google search, but we'll, just we'll dangle to, that carrot. Just go to fish.net. I'm sure everyone listening is already like, you idiots, it's this. No, that's exactly why they're going to listen next week to find out what it is. Come on. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, good talk. Um, so I've been working on the fishiest fish songs. I've got a bit of a list going. Um, so if you are cool with it, well, I'll, I'll start to read the list and we can maybe add some on or maybe take some away and kind of start to narrow it down a little bit. It isn't, it isn't quite 25 songs yet, uh, but I'm curious Why to 25? see if, uh, what's that? Why 25? I don't know. I just, I think the catalog is so big to only pick 10, I, I think would just be hard. So anyway, what, what do I have here? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about 16, 17 songs. Uh, you enjoy myself number one. It actually is, but these aren't ranked in any particular order. It's just as I was thinking of them. They're so, not ranked in any order, but the one that popped into my mind of the quintessential fish song is "You Enjoy Myself." I guess so. Um, but that wouldn't be my pick. Let me guess. Number two is Reba. Fuck. But that, okay. Okay. Go ahead. What's What's number three? Swanhead. Yeah. Right. I got that one too. Yes! Oh, dude, I believe you. No, no, I don't want to look because I don't want to guess. I want to keep okay. guessing until I get it wrong. Um, four. Oh, fuck. Now the pressure's on. Um, I'm going to go with Tweezer. That's 
three you lose. Uh, so pretty good though. The three for the first three. Uh, Harry Hood. Yeah. Punch you in the eye. Yeah. Sim- simple. Yeah. Uh, Mike song. Yeah. Down with disease. Yeah. Squir- screaming coil. Yeah. Split open and melt. Yes. R- rift. Yep. Tube. Yeah. Uh, blaze on. It's only three song I have in there so far. Okay. Uh, curtain with. Okay. Divided sky and tweezer. That's a, and I literally I started that list five minutes prior to logging on with you, so it's okay. not like I've been laboring over it for the past week or so. But that's sort of what I have in there. Can you think of a song that might be the fishiest fish song that's not in that list? David Bowie. Ah, Shiza. Yep. Slave. Yes. Oh God, yes. Oh, that's so fucking good. That song. Um. Please. What about something? I was thinking about something like Sand, or um. Um, what else from Farmhouse? I was saying Piper or Bug. I don't think they'd ultimately win, so it almost kind of feels like pointless to put it in. Right? Oh, man, somebody, oh, when I ghost? Post, yeah, Ghost. When Mo- somebody, yeah. Mama Dance? Mama Dance. When somebody posted, uh, when I posted that question, somebody was like, Sands. I'm like, I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I thought of actually, I don't know if this would be a good piece of the criteria, but what about like, and I guess would really limit it to early, early songs is historical significance. Do you know what I mean? So um, songs that might have lyrics that tie into Gamehenge, songs that... Bathtub Gin. Bathtub Gin, yep. Um, Songs that, you know, kind of contribute to the overall culture of fish. I think, so again, nobody challenged my criteria, right, that I put forth, which I was really hoping that somebody would do. So I think the next question is the weight of the different factors, because I think Mm. you're right. I think historical significance should be a factor. I just don't think it's as strong of a factor as like jam. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. What's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Like, look at it this way. If you were to remove one of those criteria, would it take the song out of contention? Like if you were to remove and say, what's the fishiest fish song without having a jam? Question over, none, zero. Right. The jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Agreed, yep, agreed. What's so the, if there, okay, so then if it's a composition that doesn't really have a jam, it's pretty much not the same, but it's the same from beginning to end, does that automatically disqualify it? Or to what percentage does it disqualify it? I see, like, I, when I think of a song like Sand, you know, mm-hmm. Sand is a great jam vehicle, but the composition, I think there's songs that sound more fishy or more geniusly fishy that are better composed than Sand. Right. Right? Sure. Yep. Right? Like, Fair I think enough. when you look at, like, You Enjoy Myself, the, the, the compositional part is absolute genius. Whereas, and same with Reba, whereas, um, you know, with, you know, with, with Sand, it's, it's not as, uh, it's still awesome, but it's not, it's not a once in a lifetime song. Right. I agree. I just added Lizards, by the way. Lizards yeah, so was not on there. And I, I, I think that's great, but I, I, there's no jam to it. It's all compositional, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. So we'll come up with some categories, some weighting, some criteria. Um, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think we have to talk about how to weight the categories now. Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay. All right. We can come back with that next week. It's no problem. We'll see where we end up. See, we can put uh, that out there and I'm get some trying, opinions. I'm trying to think of like other songs that. Uh, I, I I stayed away from ballads, right? I mean, I I I think there are a lot of songs that really 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 build and um have that crescendo, but I I stayed away from the from the typical ballad, right? I I don't think they're necessarily all that fishy. Um, looking at it, and, and like anything else in three that's worthy of going in there. Mercury. Mercury. I love that song. That I might do. be my, yeah. Um, consistently Mercury. delivers, right? Great jam. Consistently with that. Lyrics are great. Mm. Mm. It's a good one. I don't have stash on here. I think you should put stash in there. Yeah. Belongs. Yep. I'm just trying to go through all like the albums, you know. I think it's ice belongs. Mm-hmm. Mm right yep. uh, oh oh antelope yeah we're the <laughs> I, knew there was, I knew we were missing something yeah like something was here can almost hear the listeners like like saying that like why don't you have on there already you know and, and i'm sure there's other songs that are like that like i, I, don't, I don't i don't think my mom was yelling antelope as she's <laughs> my nana was my nana loves antelope i'm just kidding uh <laughs> um it is it is interesting because i'm because i'm looking at this and this, this is quite the set list in front of me here imagine going to a show and hearing all these songs it would be like an 18 hour show this is this would take up a whole uh um 1999 set for sure um what about okay. um do you think we would have to factor in like rare ability like mm. would, would would making a song more rare make it right more I think it, I don't know if it makes it more fishy. I think it probably to a fish fan would very much add to the experience if they were to see it live at the show. So if you've been to 40, 50, 60 shows, and then it's your first time seeing Curtain With, right? That would feel pretty damn special. But I don't know if that necessarily makes it a fishier fish song. Yeah, but what if like, I think you should add theme from the bottom to that list. Oh, mm. mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, so what if? But what if it was like a really awesome song? Like nobody is going to, other than like people who really like the individual song, is going to get hyped up to see you know playing in the Velvet Sea or waiting in the Velvet Sea, mm -hmm. right? But you could argue something like McGrupp. Okay. Know, people would get super jazzed up to hear McGrupp. Right or Esther. Right. Yeah. Some of the, some of those older, older tunes, even like uh, Tila, you don't hear very often. I love that song. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, okay. So rare, rare ability. Is that what we're calling that? Yeah. And I mean, even if it's like a few percentage points, you know? Right. Like, you don't it, hear it often, but when you do, it's a big deal. Right. Like, and I mean, also, they also want to play songs that like, you know? Sure. Yeah, in fact, I was just listening to, uh, I'm, in, I'm in 2010, and, I was, and I'm listening to uh, June 25th. TTE? Uh, it, it's in the show. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But, um, it's, or was it the show? No, it was well before. The 24th I listened to, and the set was clearly a set where it was more for them. Like it was songs that they wanted to play. It didn't have your typical flow of a fish set. You know, you, you get a show every now and then where you'll have a whole set that's a, that's a little bit different. 
uh, let me see here, the 24th. So, what was that? What the heck? What am I thinking of? Now I'm pissed off because I'm, I'm probably mixing up with the other. That's another thing that happens from listening to too much at the same time. You kind of mix up shows. You can't separate the 23rd of June from the 24th of June or whatever it is. Um, but I remember there was a few songs in a row that weren't that common that I didn't know very well, a couple of debuts even. And I was like, okay, this doesn't seem like the typical fish show, but all right, let's go along. Um, would you be disappointed if you paid a ticket to go to a show and they played a set like that? Or would you be okay with it? Nope. Because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's true. Damn, can't find it. But either way, 2010 so far, great tour though, so far. I mean, a lot of shows on that tour. That summer, like, they, they played like four nights in a row multiple times. Like, they were really hitting the road. They were, well, that's the second year back, right? Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, I don't think I have anything else, buddy. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add? New Year's was great. Don't know what to expect from this month. So yeah, what I'll do is I guess I'll uh, we'll come up with the criteria and some and some waiting. And if we think of any other songs, we'll add them on there and then start to whittle it down and see if we can get some feedback from some other people and get their opinions. Sounds good. Cool beans. All right, man. Well, have a great week. Uh, thanks. thanks for listening, everybody. Visit the site. Oh, what do you got? I do have something. I wish I would have said this earlier okay. um, because if anyone's around, it would be crazy. I think we can. So there's a, he happens to be Croatian. So shout out to my fellow, uh, fellow Croatian guys. Uh, he has a, I think I talked about him last week, uh, Agamator. It's A-G-A-D-M-A-T-O-R. He reviews chess games online. Right. He's got a big channel. Like there's a big following. There's a lot of people playing chess um i think i messaged him already but he hasn't responded which fine who am I? i'm nothing to him or nobody to him but i want him to review the audience versus fish chess match gotcha because cool. i think it would be good for getting people to listen to fish mm. right you have all these chess players out there like his channel has like almost a million subscribers wow you know, it's like hundreds of thousands of views it would be great for the boys to be like hey Fish, I'm going to check this band out. Right. Because, you know, we feature them on a chess network. So, I mean, just tweet them or follow them on Instagram and do a, he does hashtag suggestion and then get a copy of the match and do hashtag suggestion. And if enough of us say it, eventually we'll be like, shit, I should probably do this. Right. Yeah. That's what listeners want. That's what viewers want. That's what he's going to do. 100%. Cool. Okay. So the name again? Agamator. Agamator. I'll put it in the show notes cool. and uh, what I'll do is I will try to, th- that will be my post for Thursday on, uh, on Reddit and in the email. Cool. Uh, so try to get more people to do it. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. Looking forward to that. All right, man. We'll have a great week. Bye everybody. Bye. You've been listening to ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, ticket to gamehenge.com where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.